0: Welcome to Getting Credit, a podcast focusing on financial markets, corporate credit, and timely insights from Pacific Funds. Here's your host, Dominic Nolan, Senior Managing Director of Pacific Asset Management, the sub advisor for the Pacific Funds fixed income funds. Hello, and thank you for tuning into number 21. In the next 10 minutes, I'm going to go over market action in June, the Fed, Treasury rates, and the economy. Let's jump right into market action in June, and I will try and be brief. Pretty strong month with the Russell 1000 growth up over six percent and the S and P up over two percent. So where does that leave us year to date? The S and P is up over fifteen percent through the first half of '21. The Russell 1000 growth is up twelve point nine. It's thirteen percent for the year. Most of that was in the second quarter. One of the changes. In Q2 was market leadership. The Russell 2000 value, which is smaller companies, value-oriented, has been up 4.5% in the second quarter, relative to 12% from the tech-dominated Russell 1000. For the year, traditional businesses really held leadership in the first quarter, and then it flipped in Q2. But again, strong market performance so far. International markets do continue to lag. Equity indices were actually, the EFI equity index was down 1% in June, up about 8.8% for the year. Now, let's flip over to the bond side. Rates did drop a little bit in the month of June. Aggregate index was up 70 basis points. For the quarter, up 1.8%, but for the year, still down one6 over on the credit side, I think it's more steady is probably the best way to describe it. High yield was up a little over 1.3%, for the year up 3.6%, and then floating rate loans, which was the market leader going in, going into June, st- steady 41 basis points, which is really a coupon clipping environment, and for the year up about 3.5%. So leverage finance or below investment grade credit, you know, returning over 3% for the year while investment grade bonds are in negative territory, predominantly due to the rate increases. Now I want to jump and talk a little bit about the Fed. There was a meeting on June 16th where the Fed released their dot plots. Of note, their forecast for interest rate increases actually shifted forward. And what I mean by that is, what's our expectation uh, about increasing rates in 2022? Well, back in March, four officials saw a rate increase in 22 in this last meeting seven officials actually are forecasting a rate increase next year the reality is they're really setting up to talk about tapering so again the fed is being very accommodative they're leaving the short end of the curve anchored at zero or close to zero they are still buying bonds or which is qe on a monthly basis and they don't intend to raise rates this year they also are narrating that they view inflation as still transitory. So, what are we really seeing out of the Fed? One, the Fed believes the economy is, is strong. And I I again I would view them as bullish on the economy. So they do want to set up addressing tapering and then possibly a rate increase. At the same time, though, what we've seen over the past month is that personal spending was a little bit softer in May. Vehicle sales. We're weaker, but I think that is really a result of supply constraints rather than a softening economy. If you remember from last month, the Fed did indicate they were turning off the corporate credit facilities. And what was really important there wasn't necessarily the amount of bond purchasing, it was really about the narrative. You're going to wind down the corporate credit facilities. What's next? And what's next will probably be tapering or discussions about tapering. So that's something to certainly look or be on the lookout for as we enter later 2021. I wanna discuss long-term rates for just a second here. 10-year Treasury is down about 15 basis points in June and off more than 45 basis points from the highs at the end of Q1. So what's behind this rate move? Understanding that rates are still up for the year, but they have come off the highs. First, inflation expectations are down about 25 basis points. And again, understand the bond market's really looking longer term, not necessarily this, this very short term view that you're seeing in the press. Two, the predominant or supermajority of folks thought rates were going up. So, on many levels, we had what they call a crowded trade. Three, again, as mentioned, the Federal Reserve is still buying bonds. So, QE is still going. And four, the Delta variant is. Marginally slowing growth. You have a situation where the economy may not be as hot as people were expecting. Crowded trade, accommodative central bank. And when I think about the path of longer term rates, I'm of the opinion that the key behind this are vaccines and their effectiveness internationally. In the US, certainly seem to be working. The UK is uncertain. Distribution of the vaccine in across the globe is critical to, A, global supply chains, economies, and essentially inflation. Right now, let's dive in to some sectors. I'll just, high observations here. Spending across restaurants and lodging are up. Airlines are strong. And when you look versus two years ago, airlines are down 14%. Again, a few months back, they were down 75%. So the airline move has been significant. One of the things that I felt was, just a sign of the times, department stores are still down 4% versus two years ago. And to me, that's just more of a secular headwind for that, for that group. Groceries and gas up 9 to 10%. I view that as more inflation-related. Restaurants up 15% in spend versus two years ago. Furniture's up 34%. That is consistent with a strong housing market. And this information is taken from Bank of America's daily credit card spend. When you look geographically, Austin and Miami have, are doing very well. California did have a great June, but also remember that it did open as a state on June 15th. So I think some of that's just an initial pop. In general, Q2 GDP is expected to be very strong. And using the Atlanta Fed's GDP now, it's expecting right now 7.9% GDP number for Q2. Mind you, that is significantly off the highs, which were in the low teens back in May. Nonetheless, expect a strong Q2 GDP. Now I want to turn to fixed income. Going to keep the same theme that we've seen over the four or five months. Corporate story is still strong. Default rates are expected to be low. You have a strong economy. That is typically very, very good for spread. However, inflation is still very uncertain. Now, I would say that the rate rates moving lower in June was not going to say a surprise, but certainly wasn't expecting the move lower that we've seen. Again, as rates start to move up, if they do, duration could probably be a friend. So I categorize as quickly as corporate story strong, spread story strong in my opinion. as rates start to move up and values become more attractive, then duration would be a friend in a fixed income portfolio as rates start to go up if they go up. So that is your market recap in June. For those of you that have stayed this far, I'll just end with a non-economic thought. We are in July, just celebrated Independence Day. And my thought for this month is really something personal. I was not born in this country, but the foundation of many of the blessings that I have in my life are due to this country. So my thought is to do something for the country. I don't know what that means. It may mean turning off the news, funny enough, but it could mean volunteering for a community project, helping out at a school, whatever that is. I think a great way to serve the country is to serve the community and even one act at a
1: time. Thank you and stay tuned. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of the principal amount invested. The views in this commentary are as of July 14, 2021, and are presented for informational purposes only. These views should not be construed as investment advice and endorsement of any security, mutual fund, sector, or index, or to predict performance of any investment. The opinions expressed herein are subject to change without notice as market and other conditions warrant. Any performance data quoted represents past performance, which does not guarantee future results. Any forward-looking statements are not guaranteed. All material is compiled from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. Sector names in this commentary are provided by the funds, portfolio managers, and could be different if provided by a third party. Pacific funds are distributed by Pacific Select Distributors, LLC, member FINRA, and SIPC, a subsidiary of Pacific Life Insurance Company, Newport Beach, California, and are available through licensed third parties. Pacific Funds refers to Pacific Funds Series Trust. One basis point is equal to 0.01%. The Bloomberg Barclays U.S. Aggregate Bond Index is composed of investment grade U.S. government bonds, investment-grade corporate bonds, mortgage pass-through securities, and asset-backed securities, and is commonly used to track the performance of U.S. investment-grade bonds. Coupon clipping refers to the removal of interest coupons attached to a bearer bond in order that they might be taken to a bank or sent to a paying agent for redemption. The dot plot is a statistical chart consisting of data points plotted on a simple scale. Each shaded circle indicates the value, rounded to the nearest one-eighth percentage point, of an individual Federal Open Market Committee member's view, where each participant at that particular meeting thinks the federal funds rate should be at the end of the year for the current year, the next few years, and the longer run. GDP refers to gross domestic product and is the total of all value added created in an economy. The MSCI EAFE Index is designed to measure the market equity performance of developed markets in Europe, Australia, and the Far East. QE refers to quantitative easing and is a monetary policy where a central bank purchases securities in an attempt to reduce interest rates, increase the supply of money, and drive more lending to consumers and businesses. The Russell 1000 Index measures the performance of the large-cap segment of the U.S. equity universe. It is a subset of the Russell 3000 Index and includes approximately 1,000 of the largest securities based on a combination of their market cap and current index membership. The Russell 1000 Growth Index measures the performance of the large-cap growth segment of the U.S. equity universe. It includes those Russell 1000 companies with higher price-to-value ratios and higher forecasted growth values. Russell 2000 Value Index measures the performance of the small cap value segments of the U.S. equity universe. It includes those Russell 2000 companies with lower price-to-book ratios and lower forecasted growth values. The S&P 500 Index is a market capitalization-weighted index of 500 widely held stocks often used as a proxy for the U.S. stock market. You cannot invest directly into an index. Investors should consider a fund's investment goal, risks, charges, and expenses carefully before investing. The prospectus or summary prospectus contains this and other information and should be read carefully before investing. The prospectus can be obtained by visiting pacificfunds.com.